0: Welcome to the Together Thriving podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah and Valeria. Together Thriving started as a virtual wellness summit for women and femmes of color by women and femmes of color.
1: We created Together Thriving because after years of being wellness coaches, we realized there was a severe lack of representation in the wellness industry.
0: Black, indigenous, and people of color wellness experts don't get featured or highlighted as much as we should in this industry. So we figured, why not build our own table?
1: We started this podcast to uplift and empower women and femmes of color with wellness resources, knowledge, and a safe healing community so that we can get out of the fight or flight mode and truly thrive in our day to day.
0: Women and femmes of color live at the intersection of two marginalized identities, that of our gender and that of our race and ethnicity. Additionally, the intersection of cultural identity and wellness is rarely, if ever, featured in the spotlight. This is why representation matters.
1: We want this podcast to be a platform where the voices of women and femmes of color in the wellness industry are amplified and where our community can find resources that speaks to their wellness needs. So without further
0: ado, here we go. Welcome back, everyone, to the Together Thriving Podcast. Today, we're talking with Harpender Mann and Irene Lowe from the Women of Color Summit.
1: So, I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction. Uh, so, the Women of Color Summit is an equitable community organization focused on creating safe, inclusionary spaces for women and non binary people of color to share stories and knowledge as well as make impactful change. Their work is rooted in their commitment to dismantle oppressive systems that provide access to knowledge and tools for the few at the expense of the majority. So, welcome, Harpinder and Irene. It's so good to have have you on the podcast. Um, And before we dive into your work, uh, we just thought we could start off with just getting to know each of you a little bit uh, and just hearing a little bit about um, each of you, whoever wants to start first, go ahead.
2: Um, Thank you so much, Sarah Valeria, for having us on. It is such a pleasure (laughs) to finally be speaking with you two who, you know, you are doing such great work as well. So um, my name is Irene. I am one of the co-creators and co-founders of the Women of Color Summit. Um, But outside of that, um, just in terms of introductions, I'm currently based on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, which include the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish nations. Um, and I'm also the founder of Irene Yoga Flow. So this is the home of good movement and intuitive healing for women of color on their self-care journey. I'm a yoga asana facilitator, and I really see yoga as a practice for a radical rest. Uh, my yoga is informed by social justice, intersectional feminism, and my love of myths. And I'm also an intuitive tarot reader, and I generally read um, for my clients on Friday afternoons.
1: I love that. Thank you. Harpanda, Did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself?
3: Outside of working on the Women of Color Summit with Irene, I'm also a yoga asana meditation teacher, um, and I work primarily with women of color who want to reclaim their power and intuition um, through what I call the lens of a spiritual, joyful, and sustainable path. Um, So I really like focusing on um, starting to drop into the body, um, not always listening to the mind. Um, and I find that when we tap into our body and and come into the space of meditation, that we're able to tune into that part of ourself that's really wise, that knows. Um, I feel like then we're also clearing enough space for um, insights from ancestors, spirit, gra- spirit guides to also drop in. Um, and I think that's why I find this work of working with people with the tools of, um, because that's also what yoga is, it's technology. It's a way to um, connect back into ourselves and start to notice how interconnected we are with everyone around us. Um, And so my practices and the way that I teach is really rooted in my spiritual background of Sikhism, Buddhism, and then ancestral roots in Punjab. Um, So my name Harpinder means God's home. Um, And as I say, like true to my name, (laughs) um, it's now my life's work to continue this practice of inviting myself and inviting others to arrive home to the body. Um, And I find in this way, we just gain so many insights um, and just and just learn so much. And for me, being on this path of being a yoga practitioner, yoga teacher has really connected me to my roots of my ancestors in India. Um, and it is such a like ancestral practice to me. And I feel it. I feel it so much. Um, so really thankful to be doing this work.
0: Love that. Thank you for sharing that about your name too. That's so cool. I love hearing like people's names and what the meaning is behind that.
2: Yeah, my name, well, my English name, Irene, is after the Greek goddess of peace, which is really funny to me. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure if you all have done. We'll have it. Sorry? Uh,
1: that's like, I just love like the two of you and like, like those two, the origins of those two names. And then like, just kind of like having you two together create what you're doing for the community. Like, that's super powerful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
1: All I know about mine, I know that uh, in Hebrew, Sarah means princess, but it's out of that I don't really know. If, uh...
0: Very <laughs> fitting. Aww. I think um, Valeria is like uh, Valerius is a Latin root and it means strong. I went wonder... so like um, I don't know. I forgot what the TV show is, but everyone call- talks about Valerian steel. Yeah, uh, apparently mm-hmm. that's because like it means it's really strong. So uh, yeah. I think it was like Conan the barbarian or something. I don't know. <laughs>
2: and I wonder if it's like connected to valerian like roots, like the
0: the plant as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's like used for like relaxation and stress relief, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sleep. Yeah. I just had some tea with that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, um, we're so excited to talk to y'all because especially like we lovingly referred to Women of Color Summit as our sister like organization or just like I feel like we're doing such similar work um, and y'all have been such an inspiration to us in Together Thriving, um, especially because when we started out, you know, we saw very few online wellness spaces that really felt like safe and inclusive for people of color And when we came across your page, we're like, this is amazing. Um, We want to do this too. Like, so cool. You know, this space that you've created that honors social justice and, like, the experience that we have as women of color um, and also infusing wellness with that. So can you tell us a little bit about how, like, Women of Color Summit got started and how y'all met?
3: With the Women of Color Summit, me and Irene actually met in a – decolonization mentorship that we did with eliana chenea um that was four months long from january 2020 until april 2020 so we were learning about the way that different spiritual practices and the wellness industry is really been colonized um, and how a lot of our practices are being whitewashed and commodified and me and irene obviously had that very like Similar, burning desire to learn. How do we create? I guess like a better world where this is not happening. How do we decolonize? Um, and so me and Irene were paired as accountability buddies as a part of as a part of this mentorship. And um, as a part of that, we were told to meet once a week, whether on Zoom or on the phone and chat and hear how the other person is doing. And that's kind of something that not everyone, because it's, you know, it's our free choice. We could have done it or not. And me and Irene chose every week, same time, same day, um, to hop on the phone. And there were sometimes like days where we ended up talking for two to three hours, talking about what it meant to be a woman of color in this world, what it meant to be um, someone in the diaspora where our parents moved to the United States or to Canada and had to assimilate Um, and like how much grief there is around that. And then kind of then in like the wellness industries, both of us being these yoga asana teachers, um, just seeing how many of these practices are being whitewashed, commodified, co-opted and then knowing for both of us, just again, this like shared sentiment of like, that's wrong and something needs to be done about it um and at that time last year the pandemic was um really starting to affect a lot of people's lives and lockdowns were beginning to happen just then around um like february march and in that in that rise of like everything kind of moving like online we started seeing a lot of summits and conferences popping up and a lot of these conferences summits showed white folks as the experts, um, white folks in the experts of like traditional Chinese medicine, in Reiki, in shamanism, in yoga, um, in Ayurveda. And for us it was just like, that's just so wrong. Like why are these people that are not from these cultures from these lands being the one positioned as experts? Um, So for me and Irene, the Women of Color Summit really arose from wanting to see something different, wanting to uplift and amplify and encourage and empower women of color that are doing the work in these spaces, that are practicing their ancestral practices, but are not getting that same... um, I guess, recognition on the main stage as white folks are. And for us, it was like, how do we bring everyone together where these people are being uplifted? We're creating community um, and we're all learning from one another because we truly believe um, there is just so much power, so much wisdom in us as a collective and coming together. Um, So yeah, that's how the two of us met. Um, We really did start off as strangers, (laughs) got paired up, accountability buddies, um, and then created the Women of Color Summit. It's been such an honor to now be doing this close to two years. Irene, was there anything you wanted
0: to add to that of like y'all's journey as a collective and co-creators?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Carpenter hit it on (laughs) bang on. But um, if I was, you know, if I was to add anything, it would simply be that when we created the summit, we really had no idea what was going to happen. And I think that we both told ourselves, like, we were just going to, we wanted to do it for ourselves. Like, no matter what happened, it was just simply to create it because we wanted to see it. Like, we wanted to, like, Everyone that we reached out to to be speakers and all the facilitators that reached out to us, like we wanted to learn from them. We wanted to be inspired by them. And so this is as much for um, other people who might need this as much as it was for us. So it was really nice to see it take off the way that it did.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, And like what you just shared, Irene, also reminded me like when we were talking about this project and the summit like we also brought in ideas of like non-attachment um and me and irene were always just like if one of us doesn't want to do it then it's like we're not going to do it like we can always walk away from this without having to be like you have to do it or there has to be an expectation of what it has to look like like how do we just like enjoy the journey of what it is instead of like for what we need it to look like at the end um, but something else we like put together was like our anti-perfectionist uh, manifesto, um, which really like, yeah, served as this backbone of like, we need community to come together to do these things. And like, we can't, we don't have to do things alone. We don't have to do the thing today. It doesn't need to look a certain way before it goes out. Um, and that really came from like, I've been studying with my yoga teacher now for the last like year and a half. And she talks a lot about how perfectionism is a form of abuse um, and how like much we're just hurting ourselves and like stifling our creativity when we're not just letting the things that want to be expressed and to be released to come out. Um, And and for it to needing to look a certain way. Um, And something Irene has mentioned in connection with this is like, sometimes that perfectionism kind of shows up as a symptom of like white supremacy, of needing to be like professional and looking a certain way. And only then will you be accepted. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm sweaty right now. It took Mm -hmm. me 30 minutes to get my computer like (laughs) all set up for this podcast. And I'm still here and we're still doing it. Like... Had I been like, it's not working, I'm not going to do it. Let's just turn off the laptops. Like then this wouldn't like come to be, but how do we just still show up all sweaty um, and imperfect as we are to do the thing?
1: I oh I love that, and it. I think this is why, like, I was really looking forward to connecting <laughs> uh, with you too. and I know Valeria too, because I feel like that's something that we've also brought into like our partnership together, like co-creating together, thriving. And I think it's something like the perfectionism that, as you were saying, like it's something that we've had to unlearn. Like, if, like her and I always talk about, okay, like if we feel like we're putting too much pressure on ourselves, we've gotten into the habit of like okay, we got to pause. Let's reevaluate. Like what, what would feel easier? Like what would feel like more fun? Like what would we enjoy more? And like, we just like decided it's okay to change the plans. It's okay to change like how we're doing things. Um, like, not worrying about that too much and I think that's also why like we're still here and we're still enjoying working together we're still enjoying creating things together and being in community together I that's so important is something so important to bring up so I'm glad you mentioned that
0: (laughs) yeah and it's like so liberating too to like give ourselves permission to like change the plan like I think we pushed our podcast launch date back like three different times because we're just like we're not ready yet it feels too pressured like it feels too rushed um and it's like like being entrepreneurs as well a lot of times we tend to or at least I I'll speak for myself like sometimes I'll just see what other people are doing like unconsciously Mm -hmm. copy that when a lot of what a lot of other entrepreneurs do is like maybe unconsciously or consciously copy the systems of like white supremacy and like corporate America because that's the mainstream right and like hopefully that changes soon and it is starting to change um and it's a lot of like deadlines like strict like turn this in by 5 p.m today and I just love like not having to like live by those rules in our own organizations and also like when we give ourselves permission to kind of break that mold it's showing other people like in our community that hey it's okay to give yourself more time like it's okay to change your launch date it's okay to show up imperfectly and rest yeah rest has been a recurring theme this year as well um and yeah it's even it's a lot more sustainable that way because then you can still like keep the fun in it and like keep the joy and not have to feel like it's this mm. chore.
3: Yeah. Cause I feel like for us, like in working on this project and like being entrepreneurs, I sometimes forget that I'm an entrepreneur. I'm just like, what, what am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a funny like label to come back to. Um, Like you, you can like what my business coach calls is like the shiny gold syndrome where you start looking at what other people are doing, you're like, Oh, I want to do that thing. And it's like, um, like, how do you do the work that you're meant to do? How do you kind of stay on the path that's meant for you without constantly looking and comparing to other people to be like, Oh, they're doing this thing. I want to do it too. And it's like, do you actually want to do it? Um, Or is it like you're just seeing someone else doing it? And now you think you want to do it? So for us, like, with our, like, programs and, like, the group program and, like, our workshops, a lot of it is, like, how do we connect to, like, source? And how do we connect to our intuition to figure out what is the work that we're meant to be doing, not, like, based off of just because, like, Becky over there is doing it and you're, like, oh, I want to do, like, copy that same thing. Um, So, yeah, That's that's been, like, a good practice for us, like, to be, like, why are we doing this thing? What's the intention behind it? Um, And like questioning things instead of just like, we're gonna do it, we're gonna keep going, even though I'm like crying, like, three days in a row. And it's like terrible. And I haven't slept. And like, I'm wearing the same shirt. Like, it's been four days. And it's like, okay, we need to, we need to take a pause. Like, it's not, yeah, it's not working out
1: well and it's also like honoring what our body is asking mm-hmm. right um our mind like not taking that for granted and like yeah you can't separate the two so it's really important to to pay attention to that and i feel like it, it's it takes practice right and i think also in a world where everything is like go 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 and move fast like it takes time and you have to kind of be kind to yourself to, to learn, like, take time to learn it. It's like, it's not gonna be perfect. Um, you're gonna get frustrated along the way, but you know, just take it one step at a time. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. I think, like, especially in the wellness industry, a lot of the whitewash, like, white supremacy rooted stuff is very much geared in, like, don't listen to your intuition, like follow this thing that we're telling you is going to solve all your problems. And it's like a lot of the work that I think uh, women of color, safe spaces, like both of ours uh, communities is kind of like peeling away from that and going back into your body of like listening to that intuition. And like you said, source um, because that's like what traditional, I don't like, it's not even like health industry because I feel like that's not true health but <laughs> like for simplicity you know traditional health is like tells us just eat this pill and it'll be fine when in reality like gotta listen to the body's wisdom
3: yeah like something else we talk a lot about um and we're gonna have a whole like lecture on it or or just like week on it in our program is like seasonal living. Um, and Irene touched on this in the first cohort is, um, much like there are seasons, like that's the same thing for our bodies. Like we're not meant to go, go, go all the time. And like constantly be like reaping the rewards or like harvesting the fruit. There's also times in which we need to be like planting the seed, or we need to be celebrating, or we just need to be hibernating. And it's like, how do we also be okay with that without constantly feeling like, I need to be always launching or producing something or always making money. And instead, it's like, no, this is my time to do nothing. And like, that is okay. But that's so hard. Like, even today, I was talking to my therapist and I'm leaving for Mexico tomorrow for a week. um, And I always get horrible travel anxiety where like my anxiety comes in and is like, how are you going to go travel and have fun? How will you then make money? You're not going to be working. Um, and it kind of came up again today, like trying to sabotage me. Um, and I was talking to my therapist and I had to like work through it with her where I was like, no, like, I know that I need like this upcoming week as a time to like vision and like dream instead of always being in that execution, like implementation, implement implementation phase. Yeah. I
2: mean. You know, speaking of seasonal living, as Harpreet was mentioning in the group program that we do, um, I talk a lot about um, what it means to live on moon time and how our society is very much based on the circadian twenty-four hour clock, the circadian rhythm, where you know we wake up in the morning, and you know that's kind of like where most of our energy is from. We kind of hit a peak during the noontime and then our energy is you know down in the evening time and then we kind of reset each day but you know based um the circadian rhythm is just one way of living and it's really based on um it's really useful for people with male hormones, male sex hormones. And so for people with female sex hormones, um, it's not really beneficial. I mean, like, I'm not sure uh, how much you all know about like, um, what it means to live with your period. But you know, based on the hormones we have, and how it moves, how the energy spikes and depletes, um, living on moon time was really talking about how we can live within the rhythm, which is a 28 day cycle, roughly speaking. So instead of planning your, um, your, your work, your social outgoings, your workouts, even your diet, right? Like instead of basing that on like a, each day is a new day. Each day is a new beginning. Instead of taking a look like that, it's more about how can I live um with the infradium rhythm where it's knowing that, okay, maybe for this phase of my life, this phase of the month, um, I need to be taking care of my energy by staying at home, I know I'm going to be not really interested in talking to people. How can I bring that out in my work? How can I have that reflected in my workouts? How can I have that reflected in the foods that I eat so I can comfort myself? Other weeks, I know that my energy is going to be higher just because of what's going on with my menstrual cycle. So how can I, you know, um, create room in my schedule to be more active, to be more socially out there? So it's just little things like that. So. Um, that's just what that reminded me of when Harbinder was speaking about seasonal living and what it means and how there's different ways to live. And I also just want to add on to your point, Valeria, about um, rest and all these things and how to integrate like that mind-body connection. I talk a lot about how the body is not a machine. And it's I love I'm loving this conversation that we're having so far about how to actually deprogram ourselves for enforcing our will and our ego over our bodies because our bodies have so much wisdom and intelligence in it. If we can just first know even how to listen and then trust and believe that the body is wise and knows.
1: I love that we've talked about so many different ways of like living. Um, because it's just a reminder too to that we don't have to do it one way. Everyone gets to do it a little bit differently. Even you as an individual, like, you know, there might be something that works for like right now. And then down the road, like you might have to change things up, but just like embracing uh, that fluidity um, and kind of like, you know, checking in frequently about like what you need this month, what you need today and, uh, you know, planning your day uh, based on that so I yeah that I really love that you both brought uh, all these different perspectives so um, you know for any of our listeners who've never come across uh, your work and what uh, your work as the Women of Color Summit does what's a message that uh, you'd love to share for uh, any women of color listening you'd love for them to know um, we can yeah, happy to hear from each of you here I'm not sure who wants to-
2: yeah, um, I would love to just share like one message um, to you know all women of color, which is that um, understanding the definition of intersectionality will help you so much. Understanding how to look at things from a systemic level, not an individual level. I think that when we start to do this deep inner work of understanding and unpacking um, the colonizer um, within. It can be really easy to fall into binary thinking. It can be really easy to become judgmental and create even more division. And I think it's really important um, to recognize that that is also falls into binary thinking, thinking that there's good and there's bad, there's depressed and oppressor. It's really important to not fall into that either or and know that there are multiple realities, multiple um Perspectives and that just because one person has one experience doesn't make it a hierarchy of experiences. And so um, I think it's really important to understand Kimberly Crenshaw's idea of intersectionality and begin to weave that into how you see the world. Because I think that, you know, there's a lot of like oppression Olympics, there's a lot of um, division and I think that that stems from this lack of engaging with the idea of intersectionality, which is, you know, each day that I look at these takes on social media, that's always just like trying to get controversy. It's, you know, I just wish there could be a little bit more of a, um, how do I say, like complexity or nuance or a little bit more balance rather than always trying to um, incite this kind of um doom scrolling
1: I just like everything that that you're saying I'm just like (laughs) nodding hard like I'm just like wow I love so much
0: (laughs) well and like we're such intersectional beings like every facet of us especially as women of color like it we can't separate any part of us um and I think like Knowing that is very liberating, and like stopping compartmentalizing every like part of your identity is very liberating. So, I love yeah. that you mentioned intersectionality. So key.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like n- intersectionality is knowing that we can be like so complex. Like we don't have to be just one version of ourselves, and I think that's another like facet of it. It's like understanding like I don't have to just be. Um, a yoga teacher you know I don't have to just be like this one person like I'm I have so much complexity in me and I'm not going to simplify myself so that you can put me in a box
1: mm-hmm. I love that Harpender I'd love to turn to you and you know ask you the same question as well and if there's any message that you'd like to share on your
3: end yeah um <clears throat> There's like a few things that are wanting to um, come up for me and I'm just kind of like trying to tap in to see like what is maybe the one thing that most would like to be said right now. I think like maybe the message that most wants to come out is um, around the importance of collaboration um, around like making those connections with other women of color um, and wanting to genuinely like uplift and support. Uh, but I think like when we are looking at wanting to make these very genuine connections and wanting to collaborate, I think it first starts off with us also having to do some inner work of having to um, maybe address um, like if we are struggling to collaborate or if we are struggling to form these genuine connections, like why that might be um, and address things like if there is like anger or resentment or jealousy. And sometimes we talk about this as like the colonizer within showing up. Um, so how do we first do the inner work through maybe like working with a therapist or um, doing meditation or journaling or spending time getting to know yourself so that when you're forming these connections with other people, you're you're able to form just such better relationships when you know yourself better. Because um, a lot of times if someone is annoying you, like are they really annoying you or you have some sort of trigger that needs to be healed and that's the thing that's actually speaking up and it has nothing to do with that person at all. Um, so like, I think those collaborations are so important, but I think that also comes from doing the work to know yourself. So you have a better relationship with yourself so you can form like much better relationships with those around you.
1: I love that. Especially, you know, like just kind of thinking about how it, it helps you go deeper with it. And like, as you said, like getting to know you, I'm like, yeah, I could like, I feel like I've done some of that work in the last year and I could see the difference now. And just even, you know, like w- when I come to like when there when there's people that I get to meet and like how I want to build that that relationship. Um, do I want to build a relationship with that person? Do I want to collaborate with them on something? Right. Like I, I think for me in the past, I would say I was always just like a yes person. Like I would just say yes to any kind of like, (laughs) you know, like if someone wanted to do something, I'd say yes, like no, no real boundaries. Right. And now I think like getting to know myself has allowed me to create the boundaries that, that I need to whenever that, that, um, whatever it is, whether it's an opportunity, a person, like if it's not, uh, resonating with, you know, with me and how that, you know, helps me feel well and feel healthy and all of that. Um, I feel more confident with saying, okay, well, actually, this is not, this is not gonna work. I can't give my energy to that or anything like that, you know. Um, so I love that you bring that you brought that up.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, how can we make decisions and choices from a place of like, intuition? And feeling secure instead of like from a place of fear and anxiety and scarcity. So like, no matter what, like if there's an opportunity that presents itself to you, and you're like feeling like, oh my god, another opportunity is not going to come, so I better say yes to this one. But in like all honesty, had you had a chance to sit down, connect to your intuition, it's like this isn't meant for you. Let it go. Um, So for me, it's always this work of like connecting to my heart. And then connecting to a place where I feel so abundant and full with everything that I have and knowing that more is going to come through trust so that when there are things and people and opportunities that present themselves that aren't in alignment, I can just be like, I'm sorry, it's not for me. I'm sure it's for someone else, but not for me, not today. Um, and I know that something that is in more alignment is going to come to my, come to me. But that's also such a huge practice of trust um and and like continually connecting to that as was for me today talking to my therapist like oh my god my anxiety is like literally trying to sabotage me and I'm like I need I need to need to connect to trust that I am allowed to have fun I'm allowed to enjoy I don't always need to be working and like beautiful things are still going to come to me Mm -hmm.
1: mm-hmm when I love to the piece that you said that if this one is not for you like it will be for someone else and like what a beautiful gift you know that Mm -hmm. that opportunity might come into someone else's life like it's it's a different way to look at it right and Mm -hmm. I think like when you said that I was like wow that brings such peace to like and being able to let go (laughs) (laughs) that I like I kind of felt that as like a relief you know (laughs) in my body as you said that yeah
0: So true. And like the whole piece about collaboration too, and like being in community, I feel like, especially because, you know, we've been going through, what is it now, like 1.5 years of pandemic. And, you know, a lot of us have experienced one, if not multiple lockdowns and being in community and like doing that healing in community has been so powerful. I know that was like a huge part of the reason why Sarah and I decided to do the summit and have it be like a larger group and, and more collaborations. And it was essentially like a co-creation between the speakers and us because um, we see so much of like this corporate individualism in like the quote unquote, like self-care and wellness space um, where it's like, you know, put on your face mask and chug a bottle of wine and that's self-care. And like, as much as I love wine and face masks, I know that like, that, that doesn't, for me, at least that doesn't compare to like conversations like this that really fill my cup and like the human element of just like connecting to other people that have shared experiences similar to mine. Um, I think that's like so much beauty happens when we collaborate and share those those stories and those experiences and bring that wisdom and knowledge together.
1: This has been such a beautiful conversation. So Harpinder (laughs) and Irene, uh, for our listeners here, like where can you share with them? Where can they find you? Uh, How can they work with you or join any of the programs that you have? Go ahead, please share.
3: Yeah, um, so if anyone is interested in um, wanting to be in connection with us or check us out, um, they can find us on Instagram at Women of Color Summit um, and that's W-O-M-X-N of Color Summit. Um, And they can also sign up for our mailing list on our website, womenofcolorsummit.com. So we are actually in the process of um, enrollment is open for our deepening your spiritual practice in community Um, which is a 12-week group program running from mid-November to late February um, for you to be in virtual community with others on this journey of um, understanding what it means to be a spiritual practitioner in this world. Um, So we have guest facilitators, which are our favorite teachers, mentors, healers. um, And it's a really small, like intimate group. Um, and we look at different embodiment practices like meditation, ancestral work, um, yoga asana. Um, and it's, it's really for us to build this community in this really intimate way for folks to feel seen and heard and supported, um, to strengthen that intuition, which we spent so much time really talking about um, disrupting that new age spirituality. Um, so if someone is interested, um, the interest form is linked in the bio of the Women of Color Summit Instagram. It's also on our website and just fill it out. Um, and then we'll, and then you'll see the next steps from there.
0: Beautiful. So we always like to wrap up these podcasts by asking our guests one question and that is, and feel free to answer collectively or individually, but, um, we want to know what is the one thing that makes you feel like you're thriving?
2: So um, I can share. Uh, so I feel like I'm thriving when I rest without guilt. Um, I feel like we've been talking about this throughout this whole conversation. And I feel like y'all can relate, but I'm definitely a workaholic. And since I've become an entrepreneur, um, I've definitely had more doubts of insomnia, which has been very, very interesting. (laughs) Um, And so it's really gotten me to think um, in recent months about rest and what it means to rest, the different types of rest. But essentially, you know, rest is very radical for people of color, women of color who've had to work harder for less compared to their white counterparts it's very radical especially for us as women as well who are expected to do emotional as well as physical labor around in the household so for me to be able to rest without worrying um, and this looks like a couple of different ways right like whether I built it in through my day or whether it's I take sabbaticals or vacations time off unplugging technology wise Um, but whatever it is like when I get to rest I know that I'm thriving and it's like just like really funny to think of because like as someone who is running their own business, um, you know, I get to make my own schedule. So I have to like remind myself that like no one is forcing me to stay seated in front of my desk except for me. Um,
0: so yeah,
3: yeah, it's very relatable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very important reminder too. Yeah
3: um yeah me and Irene always joke like we're so good at creating work for ourselves we're just <laughs> yeah. like oh let's do this thing and it's like okay great we've had this idea but then we have to do the work and it's just like yeah we're just constantly we filling doing? up our plates
0: um <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty <funny>. also relatable <laughs>
3: Um, yes, I can also answer the question. Um, so as Irene was talking, like three things came up to me. So I'll, I'm going to say them all three because they're all wanting to come out. Um, but the first thing that came up to me, I feel like I'm thrive- thriving when I have the time to um, connect to spirit, like whether that is sitting down for my hour meditation every day, um, <clears throat> whether it is like journaling or being in nature, like creating enough space where like spirit, God, ancestor spirit guides, like can talk to me and like give me guidance and wisdom. Like I genuinely feel that's when I'm thriving is when I'm creating enough space for like that to come in. Um, The other time I feel like I'm, and two other times, like when I really feel like I'm thriving is um, having fun like being able to go to Mexico tomorrow and have a good time and hey, tell my anxiety, <laughs> sit down. It's not time for you. We'll get to the work like when I get back. Um, but yeah, like just being able to have fun and enjoy, like enjoy being human and enjoy like all that this world has to offer. Like it's not just like working and trying to solve problems and like those things, obviously we're, we're in the midst of it. We have to do it. Um, but how do we also mm-hmm. like have fun? Um, and the last thing that just really wanted to be said is like, I feel like I'm thriving when I'm able to give back um, when I'm, I'm in a position where I can see like this person or community needs help. And I am able to give back and help like that to me. And I think like being a spiritual practitioner, like you are a social justice practitioner, there is no like separation between the two. Um, So how do we give back where we can? Also noticing from that, like we are thriving when we're in that position and what a gift that is. Um, So thank you for creating this space for allowing me to also just speak on it. Of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you all. I love that. I have one last question actually just for my curiosity where in mexico are you uh, going? so i'm
3: going to mexico city oaxaca and then <gasps> Puerto escalado yeah that.
0: oh my god <laughs> love all those places i'm from mexico oh amazing have, so. <laughs> my family is from baja california though so like very different part of mexico but yeah
3: oh, i love that have the best thank you. time that
0: mexico city is
3: so thank beautiful. you yeah i realized talking to my therapist today like I've been so embroiled in work, I haven't even been thinking about my trip Mm -hmm. until the anxiety kind of kicked my butt and was just like, trying to sabotage. And like, I kind of spoke like through it and like got through it speaking to my therapist. And that's when I had enough space for the excitement to come in. I was like, wait, You're going on a whole like over long, Mm -hmm. like week long Mm -hmm. trip to this beautiful place. And thank you so much for saying that as well, because that like adds into my excitement that, yes, this is such a like Mm -hmm. such a gift to be able to do. And like, how do I actually really celebrate that instead of the anxiety being Mm -hmm. like, girl, you better work. And it's like, I'll work when I come back. (laughs) You
1: deserve (laughs) it. You You deserve it. Yeah. Have such a great time. Thank you all so much. well it was uh, yeah it was amazing connecting with the two of you and i'm sure we'll continue to connect in the online space and we can't wait to share this episode um on our on the podcast so thank you so much and we'll talk to we'll we'll talk to everyone soon bye thank you so much thank you,
2: everyone. Bye. Take
1: thank care. you, Bye. thank you for listening to the together thriving podcast
0: if you've resonated with this episode, click that subscribe button, leave us a review, and share our podcast with your favorite humans to help us get this content out to more women and femmes of color who are looking for a wellness community where they feel heard and seen.
1: If you'd like to join the Together Thriving fam, head over to our show notes to join our newsletter and stay in the loop for our upcoming community calls and annual summit. You can also find us on Instagram at Together
2: Thriving WOC. Until next time, hasta luego. A bientôt.